Welcome to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Jeremy. My name's Adam. And we are here today to discuss movies. Yep. We're going to discuss all of our predictions and our excitement and our anticipation for Dark Phoenix. We've been away for a while, so we figure this is, this is a nice break from the hiatus until we go back into the hiatus. <laughs> yes, for us to talk about Dark Phoenix. Sure. Aren't you, aren't you excited for Dark Phoenix? No. Oh. No, not at all, actually. Okay, me neither. What else are we going to do to fill our time? Hey, did you see the new Star Wars? There was a new Star Wars? I think so. Yeah, I, I did see a new Star Wars movie. Oh, by the way, for those of you that are listening, we're going to spoil the hell out of this. Like, spoilers, 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 spoilers. It kind of snuck up on me. Yeah. Like, there was no hype for it at all, and then all of a sudden it was out. That's true. Uh, Force Awakens probably got more hype just due to the difference in time. But now that they're releasing these things every, like, 12 months or or whatever it is. I guess the Han Solo movie is coming out in five months. Yeah, uh, uh, despite all of the problems that I guess they've reportedly been having with scripts and directors and whatever else. Well, they got Ryan Howard. He'll fix everything. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's I'm terribly unexcited about that movie but i'll go see it oh i'll go see it too um i i did not see justice league did you see justice league i did oh did you like it it's okay i heard that it 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 was like two movies mushed together like it was um zach snyder darkiness and then it was uh that other guy's quirkiness uh, joss whedon yeah joss whedon's kind of sci-fi brand of humor yeah i didn't i didn't know anything about it going into it so i didn't realize like i, I knew that joss whedon had edited it edited it okay uh i didn't know that he had reshot i guess a large percentage of it yeah so again um, i'm not judging because i didn't see it but the reports that i heard were like you'd be watching a Zack snyder movie and then a joss whedon moment would happen and i don't i, I don't i don't I mean, I, I, you could see that um, if you were really looking for it. But as somebody who was just going to see a movie who I didn't really care all that much about, like I'm not a DC fanboy. Yeah. I do an X-Men podcast. Yeah. You know, it, I was excited to see it. I thought that Batman versus Superman was a, uh, a amazing uh, train wreck of a movie that was just unpredictable and crazy. And uh, so I was looking forward to this in that sense. Um, this was not that. This okay. was very predictable. Uh, I will wait for it to be on home video, uh, and then and then time. Uh, so I, I'm in no rush to see it. Uh, and like I said, I, I've not seen. It. I saw Wonder Woman. I liked Wonder Woman a lot. Wonder Woman is the best part of Justice League. I bet. But yeah, uh, yeah. So this Star Wars movie kind of snuck up on all of us. I mean, we all knew it was coming, but it, it all all of a sudden was here. And it was like, hey, I, I should get tickets for this. Uh, so so definitely not the build up and hype uh, for Force Awakens, which I don't know. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just I guess this is the new normal, right? Because from what I understand, Disney plans on making Star Wars movies forever. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> which I I have some comments on and stuff because I, I actually did uh, I did a little preparation for this discussion because I knew we weren't going to be talking about X Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we talked about it beforehand, but <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> also, uh, neither one of us cares about X Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah, sorry to ruin the idea that we're totally spontaneous, <laughs> but frequently we're not. So. 
Uh, I wrote up some notes because I, I saw the movie. Uh, today is Tuesday, so I saw it on Sunday. So that was two days ago. Um, and I stayed off the internet. I mean, I was on the internet, but I didn't go to any of the review sites, any of the critic sites. Uh, and I even avoided Facebook posts and any, any Twitter uh, comments. So so I wrote my notes, hoping to not be influenced by anything else that I saw on the internet. Uh, this is honestly, uh, aside from my girlfriend, this is the first time I'm talking to this with anybody. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which, I, which is shocking to me. <laughs> I, I guess I'm in the same boat. I mean, I saw it with my wife and kid, and, and I was like, well, what'd you think? And I was like, well, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of difficult to, to geek out with my wife. And she, she likes Star Wars movies, but she doesn't like them to the depth or breadth that I do. So, you know, it's hard to geek out because at some point her eyes will glaze over and she'll be ready for something <laughs> else. Like, really, you spent this much time thinking about what you just uh, told me? So, yes, this would be my first real conversation about the last Jedi. But anyways, so yeah, I wrote I wrote on all my notes. Uh, and, and it should it should also be noted that we haven't talked about it before this. I don't know what you thought, and you don't know what I thought. That that is that's typically how we do these conversations. That is true. Yeah, so that that, that spontaneity exists. Uh, I always try uh, secretly to predict what what Adam thinks. Because <laughs> uh, it's usually opposite of what I think, but I actually for this movie, I I don't know where we're going to land on this. This is exciting. This movie is so divisive that <laughs> it's impossible to know. So, anyways, uh, I wrote all these notes down, and I want to. We'll talk. I, I I'm going to kind of keep track of them so that we talk about them like in order of our conversation. Anything that we miss, I'll, I'll try to hit at the end of the podcast. Uh, but. What I my whole point in bringing this up is that so I wrote all this down and then I went to the Facebook Twitter verse to see like well what does the internet think and <laughs> I'm sad to say that it pretty much matches my list in in some regards uh, so hopefully I, I put that disclaimer out there so that you're not like oh you read that on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever because. Well, I did, but after I wrote my stuff. So, Jeremy that, is 100%... Uh, um, shoot, I had a great word. Uh, <laughs> original. Original in his thinking. Mm-hmm. So back off. Back off, y'all haters. Um, I have read uh, a few articles, not really reviews so much as articles about the divisiveness. Yeah. Um, I've and I, and I stopped doing that after a while. I, I read maybe two. And I was just like, I'm going to wait on this. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, I guess the best place to start, other than the beginning, would be: uh, should we should we just not bury the lead and just say like what we thought? Well, well, well let's bury the lead a little more. We both, I think, I think we both loved the Force Awakens, right? We did. We did a whole episode on Force Awakens, right? We were both. We both came off very excited. Um, how do you feel about the Force Awakens now? I mean, like not after seeing the Last Jedi, but. Um, having lived with it for two years. Oh, well, um, it's a fair question. Uh, I had, uh, on Saturday watched it in preparation for the last Jedi. And, you know, there's, when we did a podcast, I think on the force awakens and, and, all, uh, overall, I think we were very happy, positive, whatnot. And then we picked it apart. I think we found the elements that we didn't like, uh, and probably argued a little bit. Um, two years later, before watching The Last Jedi, I would say that I appreciated it as much as I did after my first viewing. Now, after watching The Last Jedi, it makes <laughs> some of the elements in The uh, Force Awakens uh, less 
important. All right, well, hold on, hold on to that. I, I got a pin on those, so I don't. I, yeah, I mean, what about um, you? How about you? Oh, I, I, uh, I still, I still like the Force Awakens both before and after watching the Last Jedi. Um, I, I, I think I like it a little bit less than I did when we recorded that podcast. If only because with time, I've kind of recognized more about how it's essentially patterned after A New Hope. It absolutely uh, is. And that that has lessened it a little bit, but I still think it's I still like it a lot. Yeah, uh, I think. It's and like, actually, after watching the the Last Jedi, I'm the opposite of you. I I like it more. Really? Well, yeah. okay, maybe we can put a pin in that and summarize towards the end because I I think I know why you like it more. Um. So but Rogue maybe- One. We did we did a we did a Rogue One episode, and I didn't like it, and I believe you did like it. Yeah. Am I correct on that? Yes, I mean again, I had some some very nitpicky sticking points that I didn't like, uh, but I I did ultimately see that movie I think three times in the theater, um, and maybe again, uh, uh, how do I put this? Like uh, I I recall that my feelings on it was like it was very Star Warsy. Um, there was a lot of potential there. It was dark and gritty, but I think you also countered with yeah, but it's Star Wars. It's not supposed to be dark and gritty. Yeah, my argument was that it wasn't Star Wars. Yeah, it's have the the tone in the field of star wars so until you got to the space battle yeah so right right the space battle was amazing uh but i would say that over time like rogue one doesn't elevate to the i don't know classic status or i don't know like if i were to sit down and marathon all of the movies i might leave that one off the list yeah i i have tried re-watching that um since it's come out and I I always have it on in the background until it gets to the space battle and then I tune in. Oh, okay. It's I I have a lot of trouble like having like trying to focus on it when it's on. I think the other problem that Star Wars will run into is that, you know, uh Force Awakens and Rogue One can just be successful and appreciated because they look like Star Wars. They have Star Wars things in them. But at some point, it's going to take more than just having Star Wars things in a movie to to keep it uh, fresh. I don't even know if I want to use the word fresh, but to keep it uh, uh, saga-like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah which, Last Jedi. Which is what we're talking about now. Yeah. And... Um, so, so my one word review. I'm gonna spell it out and oh. we'll see if you follow it. Okay. You ready? Uh, T. Okay. E. Yeah. R. Yeah. R. Yeah. I. Yeah. Can you guess the next letter? Uh, a B. No, it's F. <laughs> oh. I thought it was terrific. You thought it was terrific. Yes. Interesting. Terrific. And I don't understand. The whole world is against me. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, what did you think? Um, I liked it. Uh, I, I, um, I, I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. Um, I think there were a lot of holes and there were some odd story making, uh, storytelling choices. Definitely. Uh, Um, which some, uh, like some, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. And then others, I'm like, well, what was the point of all of that? And we'll get to that. Um, so I would I would not go terrific. Uh, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go terrible though. Um, gosh, so I- so I, I was watching the movie and in the first five minutes it starts out a little uh, I don't know I don't know how to describe it but kind of wonky, and I was like I don't know if I like this. Um, and then at some point I just lost track and uh, woke up in a daze and was like. I'm loving this. Oh. And it was it was somewhere in the middle of the movie when and I just kind of like enjoyed the rest of it. 
Uh, we I went to get I I went with my girlfriend to go see it on Friday, the Friday that it opened. We went to a ten thirty five showing, so it was pretty late. Somebody fell asleep in the theater wow. during the cave scene because that is a little slow. It was it was the, also the quietest point, so we could hear them snore. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I I went Sunday at six a.m. Oh my god, I know right. That sounds horrible. And, and I had uh, a bunch of coffee in me. So about 45 minutes from the end, I had to go to the bathroom real bad. <laughs> and then I was like, when is this movie going to be over? And this is when they're like fighting on the, the, the starter. They hadn't even made it to the cave yet. Prior to them getting to the cave, they're on the ship. They're having the lightsaber battle. I looked at my watch. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Luke hasn't even made it in. Uh, and I know we got to see something from him. Um, oh, I don't mean – I didn't mean that cave. I meant the uh, – Oh, the, the Dark Force cave or, you know, the, okay. the Empire Strikes Back cave, for lack of a better word. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, okay. I'm, okay, there's two caves. Uh, so I'm talking about the, the latter portion of the movie. Yes, yes uh, I just realized that. And that's where my bladder made me aware uh, of how <laughs> painful, uh, painfully much time was left. And I was also like, well, I haven't really seen Luke do the thing that I know he's got to do. Uh so I don't want to go to the bathroom and miss that. <laughs> and it's, it's a Star Wars movie, so it's like it's not like there's going to be too much of a downtime where I can like leave my seat, go to the bathroom, come back, and not have really missed anything. Um, so the last 45 minutes of the movie, I was like, come on already. <laughs> so uh, that might have put some shade on it. But uh, overall, I mean, yeah, I, I did not like it. But I think that's where we got to tear it apart so that I can... Uh, I don't know. I guess figure out figure out what one word I would use for it. <laughs> so I've been I've been like I, like I said I read two articles trying to understand the divisiveness of this film, and they were about the um, the spoiler nature of the internet. How how the internet has been trying to speculate uh, the, the what's going to happen in this film for two years uh, because that's the nature of social media now. And there was, uh, and that ends in two roads, either, either you're right and you're disappointed or you're wrong and you're disappointed. And that, that was kind of the, uh, the angle that all the, the, the two articles that I read were on. And I thought that was pretty interesting, but I, I have another theory for why people are upset about this. Okay. Do you have any, any thoughts about that? Um, well, the nature of the internet is just to never be satisfied with anything. So right. I don't pay that much mind. Uh, t t I will uh, agree with you, though, that people have spent two years speculating uh, what's going to happen. Just like with the uh, episodes one, two, and three, people spent 20, 30 years speculating like, what happened in those first three movies. And then George Lucas right. uh, showed us something that nobody wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so... Um, on the one hand, uh, it's um, it was bold, I think, to allow Ryan Johnson to take a left turn because uh, I don't think anybody saw much of that happening. Absolutely, right. So I applaud that, but on the same, uh, on the same, by the same token, it still leaves me some questions as to like, well, some of these items that you took a left turn on were really trumped up in the first movie. Um, which gets us to, uh, if I could take a step back to The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams, have you ever heard his story about the boxes? No. Okay, he, so he tells, like, because he did Lost and other things, right? Yep. So his his whole I love, story. Hey, I love Lost. Uh, we've had this conversation on the podcast. I've, I've never watched Lost. You've never watched it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, he, his, one of his storytelling um, trademarks is to uh, show the audience a box 
and make you super interested in the box, but never reveal what's in the box. Or maybe maybe just re- like take a little bit of wrapping paper off the box a little bit later, right? So it's a metaphor for probably everything that happened in Lost, from what I'm told. And then definitely for some of the elements in uh, Force Awakens, right? So the one box is Maz saying uh, about the lightsaber, that's a story for another day, right? There's a box, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then the other box is Snoke is a box. Like, here's a guy. He's super powerful and he's in charge of this whole uh, this whole fleet, this whole movement. He's a box. We don't know anything about him. Ray is another box because here she is. She's got the force. She touches the lightsaber. She gets all these mental images and thoughts uh, and we don't get an explanation as why. That's another box. Um, and I feel like Ryan Johnson came along and said, I don't give, I don't care about these boxes. Uh, well, well I, I don't think I he just, said, I don't, I don't care about these boxes. I think he said, what is this movie? Like, what is this trilogy about? Well, it's, it's about, it's about Ray. It's about Kylo and everything else is superficial. Yeah. I think I, I, that's what I think. I mean, you know, Snoke so, is a two dimensional bad guy. He's practically a mustache twirler. <laughs> well, that's what he became, right? But yeah. and 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 two, uh, what feeds the internet's two years of speculation and uh, whatnot is the fact that this box was presented for you. So, like, who is he? Is he Darth Plagueis? Is he a clone of the Emperor? Is he? See, that's the thing. Is like, I I don't even consider. I didn't consider him a box after watching the the Force Awakens. He was just he was just a thing that showed up that I didn't really like. Whatever whatever attention someone has decided to bestow upon him on the internet, I I never really felt that draw to him. See, and that's that's weird to me because uh, the Star Wars mythology to me is about creating these characters. Uh, how do I put this? Like the Emperor wasn't two dimensional. I guess he kind of was. He was just evil for the sake of evil. But he had, he was interesting. He had a backstory. Oh, absolutely. He was he he was very interesting. Uh, and he, uh, he wasn't interesting until the uh, Return of the Jedi, though. So, so essentially, like it, in the argument that you're saying, uh, he would be a box in Empire Strikes Back. You see him for the first time. Yeah. Don't you don't really know him. You know, there's an empire now. You know, there's an emperor. Yeah, and I think for the for the pacing and the story of Empire Strikes Back, that's all you need. And then in Return of the Jedi, when they finally reveal like the Emperor is going to be on the Death Star, and this is our only chance. Like now, the stakes like he becomes uh, a stake for the rebels. Like not only can we take out the Death Star, but we can take out the Emperor. And if we can take out the Emperor, then the Empire will surely fall behind it. I guess I guess maybe my approach is a little like I've never approached Star Wars as a series of boxes like well no like, and neither have I until JJ Abrams introduced us to all these little boxes in Force Awakens and 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 I don't mean to cut you off but uh think back to Darth Vader being revealed as Luke Skywalker's father like that right, right. There was never, there was never a box. Like we saw Star Wars, and there was Luke. Well, there, there, there was a box, but there was no like you, you saw uh, uh, the box would be Obi Wan talking about Luke Skywalker's father. And... Yeah, but but he, but so so he lied, right? But he did. He told right. us. He told Luke and the audience. He said, uh, "Your a young pupil of mine by the name of Darth Vader's killed your father." Okay, well, that's that, and then we move on with the rest of the movie. That and that right. also so we. we... We were misinformed because um, Luke, George Lucas didn't know what he was doing yet. No, I just, dis- well, t- uh, on the one hand, you're right. But on the other hand, I disagree because uh, to put it in the J.J. Abrams box would be for 
uh, Ben Kenobi to be like, Darth Vader was a pupil of mine and knew your father, but that's a story for another day. Right. Right. And then, oh, the audience now, now we're curious. Luke's curious. Everybody's curious. Like, what does that mean? But instead, nobody was curious because he told us. Now, he told us the wrong thing. Uh, and so when we get to Empire and Darth Vader is like, I am your father, and the audience and Luke are all like, what? No way, right? It's a surprise you never knew you wanted. Now, when you've got J.J. Abrams coming along with Ray and Snoke and Maz and the lightsaber, you're like, well, these are mysteries. Like, why are these mysteries here? We need to solve these mysteries. I w and then, of course, that fuels the internet to speculate on what do all these mysteries mean? Right? I, yeah. I read one fan theory that uh, Maz was working on Cloud City as one of those uh, guys, the Ugnaughts. Ugnaughts? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's an Ugnaught, like a female Ugnaught, and she was cleaning up, and that's how she got the lightsaber. Right? Because that's, that's the only thing you, you were... Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, here's here's a thing that I'm not going to explain to you. And we're just going to move on with the rest of this. It's not like a, it's not a fair way to tell a story. All right. Uh, it, in, in, in contrast or in agreements with your J.J. Uh, Abrams boxing, have you heard have you heard the golden goose theory of David Lynch? <laughs> no, but I'd so, like to. David Lynch developed Twin Peaks and he claimed that. Uh, you probably know that the, 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 the Laura Palmer murder was never supposed to be solved. Yep, yep, I know that. Laura Palmer, uh, David Lynch described Laura Palmer's murder as a golden goose, or maybe just a goose, that lays golden eggs, which are a series of mysteries of, uh, which you can solve the, the little mysteries, but you never solve the big mystery. And the big mystery just keeps laying these little eggs. That's that's okay, though, because... It's very, it's very similar. I don't think so. to your box theory. I don't um, know, but I think, I think it's a more realistic expectation. The dif the difference is like J.J. Abrams through through Lost. J.J. Abrams likes opening up imaginations of audiences without ever answering any of their questions because the answers are rarely as interesting as the uh, the, the the speculation or or the original question. Right. Which, which was kind of, for me, the genius of Lost. Everybody hated the ending of Lost because it answered the quest, some questions in ways that nobody wanted, and it didn't answer the questions, uh, other questions that people wanted answers to. They, they wouldn't have been satisfied with anyway. The nature of people is that they want answers, but they they want specific. I don't know. They want specific answers, but it's never the right answer. I agree with all of that. I do. I just felt that. I don't know, from a storytelling perspective, uh, like what in the vast scheme of the movies was the point of Snoke? Uh, well, uh, Kylo needed someone to rebel against. I mean, you, ha you no, have to think Kylo's of rebelling. Like, and why did Kylo rebel against Snoke? Well, Snoke is the one who uh, lured him away from Luke Skywalker. Uh, according to The Last Jedi, uh, Snoke had already filled him with all of his evil ju juju mm -hmm. when when Luke uh, Luke saw that and for a half second thought about killing Kylo, and that was his fatal flaw. So so Snoke uh, is this is the purpose of this kind of puppeteer. Uh, and now Kylo, uh, we, we already said there would be spoilers. Yeah. Uh, murders Snoke pretty viciously before we ever really get to know anything about Snoke's character, which is fine by me because he, he, he served the purpose of uh, the puppeteer of Kylo Ren that Kylo Ren has now rebelled against. 
I don't know. I feel feel like if you're going to create the Kylo's corruptor, you got to do something with him. Does he die? Yes, fine. That's 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 okay. Is it a redemption moment? Sure, maybe. Is it a rebellious moment? That's okay too. But all yeah, we don't, saw was the mustache twirling cartoony bad guy that you. Described. I don't think you have to because of the. Because you you know what Snoke is just by knowing his role in every other movie you've ever seen of you know the 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 puppeteer the manipulator yeah he, he got he got into Kylo Ren's head in whatever way and convinced him that the dark side was the way to go therein lies power etc blah 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 uh, we don't we don't we don't need to see that because we already know what it is well but I guess I was looking I would have liked a line or two or three uh, like. <laughs> like where did he come from what that, okay well do, do you really want to know would it have added anything yes and well, i'm sure i'm sure in 20 years they'll do a snoke movie <laughs> well, I, I i won't care but the in I, I feel like if you're going to do maybe this is my my challenge with this new set of movies if you're going to do Star Wars, um, it doesn't need to match beat for beat kind of the template, the original trilogy, but it should have, should carry those same elements. And the characters that were in the original Star Wars trilogy had, had depth, had motivation, uh, and very, I don't, and none of them were really throwaway unless they were a background character like Boba Fett. Nope. Well, he was a background Snoke, character. That like we, Snoke and Captain Phasma are background characters. No, they're not. Like Captain Fa- that that's another li- uh, thing on my uh, uh, thing is what was the point of Captain Phasma and why does she get a name? It's it it okay. You're you're looking at all of these characters as uh, needing to be their own thing, but what they are is in service of the main characters that we're following. The, all of the major characters in this movie—Finn, uh, Ray, Kylo, uh, even even Luke Skywalker—I um, would say those are the four main characters. Leia, also a main character, but more of a supplemental main character. Sure. Rose, we don't know a lot about her. Um, she's kind of she doesn't really have much of an arc. She has a little bit of an arc, I guess. But all of the major characters have arcs. Uh, they start somewhere at the beginning of this movie where they left off in uh, Force Awakens. They end up in a different place. Yes. Every uh, other character is in service of that character's arc. Yeah, and I feel like that's that is how most stories are told. But I feel like this was an ultimate form of that. Uh, and in some regards, those foils or those uh, characters that were in service of those arcs uh, were were lazily written. Like what? And the reason I say that is why doesn't I mean these ancillary characters don't need their own arc but why couldn't they have a little bit more I don't know depth or development before they're killed does Boba Fett have any no but he didn't talk he said like one word he said like he's no good to me dead and that's it like he wasn't he wasn't he only became a main character because he was so cool looking and everybody fanboyed out about him later on that he became such a larger character but in this regard Phasma and Snoke, they they get screen time. They get dialogue. They're Phasma barely has screen time. She she is there to serve the role of the tormentor of Finn, and that's it. That's all she ever does. She she serves no other purpose. I don't even think she needed that. I mean, Finn's arc does. He doesn't. In my opinion, he doesn't need redemption over Phasma. Uh, no, I mean, no. All he, he needs to do is get over his like his very one-dimensional character trait of always wanting to run away. Uh, well, it's it's 
it is that, but it's it's also this uh, accepting his role. Like he he he's. Every in the, in the beginning of this movie, Rose sees him as a hero, and he knows that he's yes. not a hero. And throughout this movie, after seeing you know different sides of the war and 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 different different sides of humanity, he becomes that hero that he always has been, but just didn't sort of believe in himself. So right. that that that's a little bit more than one dimensional. But you know, I, I I I can't I don't really disagree with you, but I just it's a little bit more uh fleshed out than that here's my here's what i would maybe here's what i'd say about captain phasma uh and the reason that i i I have the problem that i have is because uh by the very nature that she's a woman and she's dressed up in that uh reflective silver outfit and she has a name she's got three character traits and they make a point of putting her right in the front and kind of bossing around all the other stormtroopers. Okay, wait, wait, but you can't make an argument that any character that has a name in Star Wars is important. Every character has a name in Star Wars. Uh, all the stormtroopers have like numbers and letters is their name. Yeah, Why well, isn't she Lieutenant FN six? Okay. Salacious Crumb has a name. All the people in the cantina have names. All I'm saying is that um, they went out of their way to create a unique character that got kind of a letdown death, in my opinion. I would have been better served. Oh, you're you're assuming that she's dead? Well, she fell down like a bottomless pit. I mean, maybe she's not. If she's not dead, then fine. Then she comes back and she can continue being a character. Then then this whole conversation is moot. But it looked like she died to me. I I could see her coming back. I could also see her not coming back. So I guess to, just to finish off the point, uh, I guess I would have been a, a little bit better off if like his protagonist or antagonist rather, uh, or his foil would have been like another stormtrooper, male or female, that doesn't matter, uh, with like red shoulder pads and not like the full on silver, like something's unique about that stormtrooper. She's big and has this uniform that the, nobody else has. So there's got to be something to that character. Well, she's, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not really arguing against you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more trying to understand, I guess. Well, like, like uh, for me, Star Wars is filled with all of these extremely ridiculous character designs. Uh, people add backstories to characters that were never intended to have backstories. Um, the, 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 the box thing, the main, the main thing with the box thing that kind of, I don't, I don't watch Star Wars films like that. Star Wars films have always unfolded for me. Like the story is the story that's being told. I don't have any expectations when it comes. Like I, I don't, I don't, I guess I didn't see any of the boxes. I was curious about Ray's parents, but not enough that I felt like it should be a driving force of a film. Well, that was another point, I guess, uh, not disappointment so much, um, but it kind of begs me the question. It's a character motivation question. Uh, why is Ray involved? And, and Kylo asks in the movie, right? But why is Ray involved at all? If And here's my here's what I wrote down. If she was sold for beer mon- money, as Kylo says, uh, it would have been under Republic rule. And my question is, wouldn't wouldn't Kylo use that as a wedge to turn Ray against the resistance, saying like, hey, you were sold under the Republic's rule. Why would you fight for them? Join me and we can make sure that never happens again. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting plot point. The obvious answer is that Ray knows the difference between good and bad. Why does she know the difference between good? How do we know that? Like, uh, oh, I don't know. See, 
it, it maybe this, this this movie is filled with a lot of 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 gray and a lot of characters figuring out for themselves what is the light and what is the darkness and that theme is like resounding in this film sure to the point where snoke says you're the light and you're the dark pointing yes. at ray and and you know it's like it's it's and and that that is like ray will always be the light like she she knows right from wrong um so she whether or not yeah, that would have been interesting if Kylo had made that argument. It would have been, you know, more more uh, flesh out to that conversation. Um, would I mean at that point we didn't know where Ray was going to go at any rate. So, right, who, but who knows? But, so uh, that's like, I, uh, how do I put this? Like, I guess I, I probably was there with the rest of the internet saying like Ray's got to be related somehow to somebody in some fashion. Uh, okay, and it could. So I I thought about this. And you know why it's awesome that she's not? Why? Because that means that any little boy or little girl watching this movie has a stronger connection to being a Jedi. Yeah. Anybody well, can be a Jedi now. That's another it's point. Not just, it's not just the Skywalker family. It's, it's, it's now it's like one of the like like I, I have a feeling the, 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 way, the way that uh, we were presented to uh, Darth Vader in whatever episode one is that – he was Jesus, right? Yeah. Uh, Shmi Skywalker. There was no father. Yeah, immaculate whatever. conception. Yep. Right. So she, he was born of the Force. Well, I think you know Kylo, Ray. There, there are certain people that are uh, extremely Force sensitive, and Darth Vader was one of them. Kylo is one of them. Ray is one of them. And, and they're and uh, they don't necessarily have to be connected to anything because the the whole idea of the Force is that everything has equal access to the force you just may or may not be tuned into it yeah but here's here's uh, where i'm coming from is that we already have a template of episodes one through three and four through six which kind of establish even though it's a big galaxy a lot of these events are, are happening around this group of people what connects five i'm sorry seven eight and ultimately nine to the rest of this rather than it being like a different star wars movie yes I, I I agree with that a hundred percent. I so, don't know, and, so, and I've been and I've been racking my brain over it. And that when I said I, the the thing that I was going to talk about that was maybe the reason that this is so divisive is maybe maybe that's it. How do seven, eight, and nine connect to one through six? Okay, so so with um, that with that out of with that said, that's where I think the that's where the divisiveness is coming. That's where the internet is coming, and that's where I'm coming in is to say like. Um, if if Ray, who who is our uh, protagonist for this trilogy, um, if she is our protagonist for the trilogy, how does she fit in with the rest of our Star Wars family? And if it's that she doesn't fit in with the rest of the family, that's fine. But then I just feel it kind of cheapens the seven, eight, and nine. Like why why is this a trilogy within the saga? Why isn't it a different well, Star Wars movie with force with force people? First of all, nine hasn't come out, right? So. Yeah, like I, I get it. I hope, but I, hope, I hope they don't reverse the whole Ray thing. That would be really disappointing in my opinion. I learned my lesson that uh, uh, with one, two, and three, like when two was done, I hoped and prayed that somehow three was going to make one, two, and be better. And yeah. it didn't, right? So I'm not saying that seven and eight are bad, but I'm saying that seven and eight have very little connective tissue other than, yes, here's Han Solo. That's great. We've got Kylo. That's, that's the sun. we got the Millennium Falcon, but now we've killed that's them. That's it. You just named you named all of it. That's what it is. That's, That's what the connective what is. tissue is. It's not the, this the seven, eight, and nine is the story of Kylo Ren and Ray. Kylo is Darth Vader's grandfather, uh, grandson. 
So the movies. Are, what more? What more connection do you need? I don't know. I, I guess the connection I need is why? Why? It's also also what is the overall story about? If it's not about the the lineage of the Skywalker family, what else is it about? It's about the history, uh, the 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 death and rebirth of the Jedi, and it's about um, the 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 birth and the 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 disillusion of the Empire. So there's still a lot that can be connective tissue. Um, we're, we're still figuring out what's happening with the Jedi. This this is this is another chapter in the story of what's going on with the Jedi. They they called the movie the Last Jedi for crying out loud. Yeah, it's, it's still fairly important. Um, the 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 First Order is connected to the Empire. I don't know how. Um, <laughs> well, I think that's. I think that's easy, but, it, but I have questions about that. So the First Order, and I think even somebody says it is either in a crawl or Snoke says it, but from the ashes of the Republic rose the First Order. That's fine, uh, because that right. makes sense, is that like as the Republic toppled or the the Empire toppled, um, there would definitely be separatists and there would definitely be people that are like, I don't know about these rebel or New Republic people. And then somebody like Snoke would come in and... and, and uh, use that to, to build up an army and whatnot. But that kind of leads me to another question that, and maybe I'm just getting too much into the weeds here, but this even bugged me in Force Awakens. Uh, but how does the First Order rise to power? When did they rise to power? Does anybody recognize them as a governing body? And who's funding these people? Yeah. And uh, I read... And, and this movie takes it even a little farther. Like, how are they now the dominant power in the galaxy? Well, that's the other problem I have with the overall flow of the movie is that, to me, it seems like this movie takes place two weeks after Force Awakens, when all of the other movies took, pl- took place many years, a couple years, or a couple decades between. So how how in two weeks does the new or does the new order become the dominant governing force of the universe or galaxy? Right. Understood. Cor- Coruscant has been destroyed, but I imagine right. that there would have been some some planning. On like, well, if the planet's destroyed, this is our alternate meeting point, or you know, presumably after they use the Star Killer base to destroy things, that cemented their power. Yeah, but then the Star Killer base was destroyed. So if you're so, so, one yeah, of these, I, I I agree with you, but the Death Star was destroyed too, and the Empire was still pretty powerful. So I, I agree with you that we don't we don't have a lot of information, and that is information that I. Expect we're never going to get um but see the problem that i have with that is that oh and the other problem i have is that uh the republic i read this in the original force awakens crawl because i was like well where does this happen but the republic gives general organa the authority to start a resistance and it's like i don't understand why the republic gave her the authority to start a resistance like wouldn't everybody resist the 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 new order yeah i uh i I I had that same problem with Force Awakens. That bit continues not to make sense. Um, basically, basically, uh, you you have to you have to do what you did with the prequels, which is the prequels were uh, a story the story of how Anakin Skywalker turns to Darth Vader. You have to shut out the you have to shut out the stupid bits. Yeah. And this this the same thing. Basically, the First Order is the Empire. Somehow, the Empire has risen again the details of how it is we're never gonna know so it's it's and and to a certain degree i think star wars is is good about that and and you can generally forgive that 
when it's done in the crawl. You can you can do in those three or four little paragraphs, you can tell a huge story that makes people speculate and create other movies, right? A la Rogue One. Uh, and you can accept it for some reason. But as soon as, for me, as soon as you start putting these things into the movie as things that we're talking about and, and dealing with, I feel like like we need to know a little bit more for us I, to be able to care about it. I don't think you do. Uh, you have you have good guys, you have bad guys. Like, uh, time in Star Wars movies has never been very clear. Like, how much time was Luke on Dagobah? And uh, how much time passed between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi where suddenly he's a full-blown Jedi? I think it was like a couple like, of years. That he was on Dagobah? Yeah. No, no, no. So that, you, uh, there's a couple of years between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Jedi. Where he just trained to become a Jedi while never, ever going back to Yoda? I guess. But see, again, I don't know why I can forgive that because it goes in the crawl and like those unseen things I'm okay with. I don't know why. I wish. Well, because, because you're living, you're living, you're living in the present. That's why. Because, well, because you want answers, you want answers to questions because it's happening now. Okay. So whereas he, Star Wars has already happened and here's the difference. Uh, in the crawl or whatever for Return of the Jedi, they say uh, Luke Skywalker, now a Jedi master, heads back to his home planet of, of Tatooine. You as the audience, you're like, of course he's a Jedi master. He was training in Empire Strikes Back. He's taken all this time to become a Jedi master. I don't need to see all of that training. We already saw all the training footage. We just assumed that maybe he did more of that. And now he's on his way to rescue his friend on Tatooine. Whereas in Force Awakens, you're given all of this information about resistance and New Order and all this stuff. And it it it's not a natural progression from where you came from, right? Because where you came from is Return of the Jedi, where at the end of the movie, they blew up uh, the Death Star and presumably started establishing uh, a new Republic. But this movie is saying like, well, that didn't work. Like they tried to do a new Republic and it failed. Uh, and the new order came on or, or came up and became a very powerful force in the galaxy. Like that's, that's pretty heavy. There's a lot of story there. Well, what is it? 30 years later, 20 years later, 20, 30 years later. Yeah. So it's 20, 30 years of story. Yeah, but I mean, the original Republic was a thousand years. I mean, 30, 30 years is a drop in the bucket. Like, like what happened? Like, why did it go all wrong? And, and again, that I, I have an idea for how that, that could have been handled. I'll save that to the end. I mean, that's, that's, that's all fine. I guess it just doesn't matter to me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that when I, when I watched The Force Awakens, I was just like, boy, they really don't give you a lot of information about how all this stuff happened. But I still really like this movie. These are the bad guys. These are the good guys. And The the Last Jedi continues that. These are the bad guys. These are the good guys. So uh, in Star Wars, I feel like they didn't need to because they started in the middle of the story. Uh, well, that that's what they attempted to do uh, for The Force Awakens is they were, they were kind of starting it up in the middle of the story. The problem is... It's not the we, middle of the story. Well, the problem is like the different... Like when Star Wars started, we didn't know what was before it. It was... All of that was left to our imagination. Right. Whereas if, if, if The Force Awakens was just a movie that came out... Um, I think we would have... I, I think we would have accepted it. If the, exactly. Oh, yes, because we wouldn't have all... We wouldn't have seen what we saw. So now that we've seen what we saw, and then you're told that 20, 30 years later, well, it didn't work out so well and all this other stuff has happened, it does ask... It begs a lot of questions. It it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, they're, they're trying to pull a fast one over than you on you, but, you know, that's movies and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So... Here's um, another thing. So, so my two week thing, right? It felt like there was just two weeks between these movies. Uh, really made me think 
why couldn't the Force Awakens have ended with the Starkiller base being destroyed, with almost everybody making it out, everybody kind of getting together and like, yeah, we, we killed that Starkiller base, we got the map for Luke, we gotta just get some stuff together and we're gonna go find him, and that's, boom, that's where the movie ends. Like, And then start uh, last... Jedi a couple years later whatever so so then we we really can see that like in the crawl it could have said something like uh you know uh preparations for Luke Skywalker have been met with hesitation and interruptions by the the new order but finally Luke and Chewie are on their way but the new order has risen to new powers making the resistance even more desolate and decimated than what it was before a little bit more eloquent than that but it, I think it would have um made the beginning of the movie more Star Wars-y. Uh, we wouldn't have... We could have cut right to the chase. Could have started exactly where it did. It could have started, the movie could have started with a typical space scene, the Millennium Falcon flying down onto the planet, and then we meet Luke Skywalker, not in the first movie, but in the second movie, and then we, we start that. And then we have those couple of years in between the two movies where, off-camera, the New Order has risen to much higher powers. That's, I guess, I, what, what I... I don't know. That's what I would have liked to have seen. I... I, I don't think that matters. I mean, it does to me. I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 great that that's what it could have been, but it wasn't. So, I I don't know. I mean, like the, the movie ended the way it mov- the movie ended because they decided that it would be really cool to show Luke Skywalker at the end of the movie. Agreed. The movie began the way that it began because they decided that it would be cool to watch the whole training stuff. You know, it's 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 they made the decisions they made because they thought it was what people most wanted to see. Yeah. And maybe they were right and maybe they were wrong. Uh, I'm just saying. It sounds like, it sounds like you wanted to see something else where I was, I, that's exactly what I wanted to see. I'm just talking about like, like I, I'm looking at the flow of this film as compared to the flow to the other films. And it just, it felt like it started too soon after the events of the previous movie. But yeah, you're yeah, right. I, I, they, they... I, I don't disagree with you that it started immediately after the other movie, but I, I don't see why that's a problem, I guess. It's just this is a first for that. And I think this, I mean, is, a, this is a first for a lot of stuff. It, it is definitely a first for a lot of things. And uh, some of it, you know, hey, man, they, they did do what they did do. So in some regards, it's, it doesn't even make any sense to argue about it. <laughs> But that's well. What... I, I, what we argue about is not necessarily what would have made the movie, like what plot points would have made the movie better, but whether or not the movie was good. And then the outside things, like why was it so? Why do why do people hate it so much? So here's the here's another flow thing that I had is that uh, I have a, a bullet here. It says fun question mark. It had very serious overtones. And everybody dies. Okay, not everybody <laughs> dies. Talking about Rogue One. Well, almost, but no. Talking about Last Jedi. In the original yeah, it, it, trilogy, it was very, it was very dark. In the original trilogy, the good guy told by my count is Obi Wan, who didn't really die. Yoda, who also didn't really die, and an Ewok. Who else on the good guys died in the original trilogy? Like a main characters? Not main, like good guys, like not background characters, not Boba Fett, but like, like I said, I've got Obi Wan, not really Yoda, not really. And an Ewok. What other rebel allies died? Well, I guess there was a lot of X-wing pilots died. So, so you're you? I uh, I'm not sure what you're what you're uh, what you're trying to say. I'm just saying that that but a lot of people died. A lot of people died. Um, 
a lot of main characters, not main characters, but a lot of established characters died. And when we go, when you said earlier that uh, this is a movie where little kids can look into Ray and see a Jedi and themselves or whatever, I say, like, I don't know that I would take a five-year-old to this movie because of all of the seriousness and doomy and gloomy and death that occurred on the screen. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't take a five-year-old to see it, but... Okay. 13-year-old. But I mean, that my, my point is that these movies started out, maybe not so much anymore, but started out being made for kids. And the the overtones of this particular movie didn't seem very kid-like. It seemed very desperate. Mm, there was, there was, uh, the, 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 there were a lot of tonal shifts in this movie. Um, there, there, there definitely was some lighthearted, kid-friendly stuff. But yeah, overall, there was a very, uh, a darkness that overlaid the whole thing, which I think has to do with them trying to replicate Empire Strikes Back, which it was also a tonally darker film. True, but I I don't know. I guess it's a little bit less because Han the, the gets middle, frozen. The middle, the middle chapter is the one where everything goes wrong. Understood. Uh, but in Empire Strikes Back, the the worst thing that happens is Han gets frozen in carbonite, but they establish like, yep, he's still alive just in perfect hibernation and and Luke loses his hand. I mean it ends on a downer but it's not like the entire bridge of the ship is dead. Admiral Akbar's gone like the the rebels which had like a huge fleet are down to like eight people. <laughs> like that's dire. Like that that's a lot of that's a lot of people dying. That's all I'm saying. Well the 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 dark part of Empire Strikes Back is that the rebels who start uh, end started the movie Coming off of Star Wars, where there was there's another huge tonal shift. At the end of Star Wars, they're they're the winners. Yeah. They blew up the Death Star. We could be a big ceremony. The beginning of Empire Strikes Back, huge tonal shift. Now they're on the the outs again. The Empire is gunning them down. They're they've gotten them down to the last men, uh, the last the last troops. The the whole movie is spent with the Empire hunting down the remnants of, of the Rebellion. It is... Not really hunting down the remnants of the Rebellion, hunting down Han, Leia, and Luke. The rest of the... Yeah, well, Darth Vader's mainly looking for Luke Skywalker. Right. But the but the uh, the theme in the background is that the Rebellion is on is, is diminishing. Yes. And the, the Empire does not lose any ground in Empire Strikes Back. Whereas in true. Star Wars, they seem to lose a lot of ground. True, true. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, and I would uh, I would say that, you know, Last Jedi does that as well, but ups the ante by tenfold. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And I, I think maybe maybe it's maybe it's a little too dark. Um, and I, I, I want to maybe I should qualify that. I'm not complaining so much um, about that because, I, look, I I'm a fan of like here Battlestar Galactica this movie felt like Battlestar Galactica right you've got a very powerful space force which takes a small band of bad guys and just starts killing them and knocking them off and putting them into impossible odds and impossible situations to where the end it's it just looks hopeless which is kind of the tone that I take away from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Like, this could have been, like, rearrange the characters. This could have been the first movie in a Battlestar Galactica trilogy. Hmm, just, due, just due to the tone. Not that that's a bad thing, right? Big bad, uh, big Battlestar Galactica fan. So I'm okay with that. But from a tonal perspective, from a flow perspective, uh, it, it was just very different from 
any other Star Wars movie, which could add to the divisiveness. And uh, I guess I've made maybe too much of a big deal about it. I didn't not like that. I guess it's more of an observation than anything else. You know what else was very divisive? The 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 Force Awakens was very fan servicey. Yes, it was a movie that was from a from a perspective of it wasn't made for people who had never seen Star Wars. It was made for people who grew up with Star Wars, which it was made for people who saw the original trilogy. Yeah. Well, this felt more like a movie that was not necessarily meant for people that saw the original trilogy. It, it just felt like a sequel to the force awakens. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. Yep. I there's something I have in the back of my head about that, but I I for the most part I do agree and I think that uh the Force Awakens had to be fan servicey to win back everybody who was pissed off about the first three movies. Right. right. Uh, and uh, yeah, they made all the right choices with the, the the Force Awakens. And I feel that they made all the right choices with this movie too, but it's not what people wanted and it's going to take time for people to appreciate this one. Well, I think the other thing is that since the first one established itself as such a fan service film, right. um, how, how do you make such a, a drastic departure? Now, I'm not saying that I wanted another fan service movie. I, I wanted a new movie that forwarded the, the saga of Star Wars on to the next chapter, which is what we got, right? It just kind of went in a different direction than I think most people, or most fanboys anyways, would have expected. Uh, and again, well, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, here, here's another thing that uh, I really felt that this movie, I don't know how this movie becomes a middle chapter. To me, this feels like it could have, this movie and the last movie uh, could have been wrapped up into a Star Wars crawl for... <laughs> a different episode seven maybe because to um, me this doesn't feel like a part two it feels more like uh it feels more like a like a part one like there's so many things happening that i don't know how you resolve it to get your third act in your trilogy uh unless the plan is oh no no this is going to be like tv like we're going to be making like two and a half hour tv shows and you're going to get 14 of these things before the whole story is resolved. No, I I don't know. I mean, that could be. It doesn't it doesn't seem like with when they hired JJ Abrams to direct the third one. To me that says that they're wrapping this up. But oh, right. I, I could I, be I could be I could be wrong. I agree, but 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 it to me, I don't did you feel like this was like the middle part of a story? No, this felt like the end of this this felt like a direct sequel to The Force Awakens, but also not like like not part of a trilogy. Like it felt like this was the the last one. But I but I like that knowing that there's a third movie coming. I don't know what it's going to be about. Yeah, but I feel I like mean, I feel like there's too much that's been uh, unres uh, created, unresolved, or whatever. It's too much for one movie to satisfactorily. Like bookend? I don't, I don't maybe think so. Not, I mean, maybe they're not. I mean, if you really, what are the things that are unresolved? You have, you have the the Republic, or the the Resistance is diminished, and Kylo Ren has taken control of the First Order. Those well, are the things that we need to resolve. That, and, and other than that, everything else is resolved. That gets me back to my original question about who's funding the uh, First Order. And when they realize that Snoke has been killed, presumably by Rey, 
right? We'll we'll buy into that. And that Kylo is just kind of this uh, unpredictable childlike man boy. Like, wouldn't <laughs> they pull their funding or just give it to General Hux? Or not even give it to General Hux because that guy seems to be a little bit incompetent as well. Like, I think you have a, like, those, they've been written to be uh, ineffective leaders. Like, Kylo Ren is a very powerful person, but he got hyper-focused on Luke, uh, which led to their letting the rebels escape. Uh, And then General Hux, he seems, every time he tries to do something, he gets foiled. Um, yeah, he's, he is he is a mustache twirling uh, villain, but in the best possible way. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a fine. I don't care. He's a fine character, but he's in, great in at least in the original trilogy. Right. You had powerful commanders. The yeah. rebels always escaped, but at least uh, there was a, a, at some cost, I guess, either to the good guys or the bad guys. But through it all. Um, Grand Moff Tarkin never lost his cool. Darth Vader ultimately, well, eventually didn't lose his cool. And the Emperor the entire time was calm, cool, and collected. You got these two guys who are just, I don't know, like children. I don't think you're going to get answers to these questions. <laughs> I'm not. I'm definitely not going to get a question. It It is purely good versus evil, but... I don't know. I just feel like if you start throwing a dose of reality into there, you're like, well, I don't even understand like how this could work. <laughs> um, which brings me to uh, another question. You just uh, have to assume that somehow Snoke has this engine running and that somehow Kylo is capable of taking over it. Like he understands how the machine works. Sure. Kylo's got the uh, ATM code. Yeah, exactly. He can just keep making withdrawals. But he's Snoke so, comes from a very wealthy family. He's so unstable though that I could just see him like buying like booze and, and porno magazines and being like, oh sorry New Republic, we're broke. I spent it all. Maybe that's what'll happen. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Um all right, so story story uh, issues that I, I had um, eventually. A uh, little thing, uh, Porgs, why? I didn't hate them, but I was like, what the, What was the point? I sell toys. Yeah, and then the the little nursemaid things, were those Porgs? Uh, that's, could be. <laughs> those things that wore like bonnets and stuff and were like the kind of like a comic relief when Ray would do anything, they'd be like, oh, here it goes again. Like, I didn't mind those scenes. Those scenes were fine. But I was like, what are these? Are these porgs? Are these something else? They're Star Wars things. They seem- Star Wars is filled with things that we don't and know exactly what they are. But there's there's they're there to fill a universe with things that may or may not have connections and people will speculate and think about them. And that's what they're, they're just, uh, they're, they're like everything else in star Wars. Okay. They're like Ugnots. Sure. Ugnots seem to have a point though. Uh, Luke's yeah, Luke, well, these Luke. guys, these guys had a point too. They were the caretakers. Yes. They were the caretakers. Yeah. They took care. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a little thing. I, I didn't, that neither of those things really bothered me. In fact, I thought the, the scene between Chewie and the Porgs, that was very funny, right? So they, like, <laughs> that was worth it alone just, just for that scene. But my, I had a problem with that scene. Well, because um, the Porg was already cooked. Like, why is he going to throw it away? Yeah. Well, that plus how, how was he able to cook the Porgs if he, if, well, eating the Porgs, they look at him and he's, he can't eat them. <laughs> How was he able to kill one? That's a good point. That's a good question. Um, let's see here. Um, the Laura Dern, uh, I can't remember what her name was, but the Vice Admiral. Why yes. 
This leads to a series of mistakes, in my opinion. Why does she hide her plan from Poe? She could have done one of two things. She she could have told Poe, this is what I want to do. And Poe would have been like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. We should totally do that. Or she could have said, I'm in charge of the safety of all these people. You screwed up earlier. I don't have to answer to you. Leave me alone. But instead, she does something that I felt made the, me at least, maybe not the rest of the audience, think that she was either incompetent or like planted by the new order which is i don't she said like she gave this i don't remember exactly what she said but uh poe comes to the uh uh conclusion like we're just running away we're just gonna run out of gas you're just gonna let them blow us all up aren't you and she uh, just kind of like nods her head and doesn't really say anything to say like no i think i, think, I have I a think plan i I, I don't, I'd have to rewatch that to see the nuances of it. My feeling was that once 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 you know what's going on, it seems like uh, Poe was just being a real nuisance. Well, like like I'm right, everybody. Why aren't you listening to me? It's so obvious that I'm right. Where she's just like, look, I'm in charge, little punk. But she Go doesn't. Away. She doesn't say that though. If she would have said something along those lines. I, I might have been able to more accept what ultimately happens next is where Poe sends Finn and Rose on a mission to the casino world where they're supposed to go find the code breaker. They find the guy with the Rose, but they never actually get in contact with him. They get thrown in jail. They find Benicio del Toro, who is a code breaker, but not the code breaker they were looking for. They have a really cool chase scene on llamas. And then they go back to the uh, rebels or the resistance at this point, and uh, they get caught and Benicio del Toro turns them in and also informs the New Order what the Resistance plan is, which is to uh, have the New Order destroy all the ships while they peel off escape vessels to their hidden base on that planet. How does Benicio del Toro know that? And what was the point of sending Finn and Rose through all of that? Um, well, as far as Benicio del Toro knowing the plot, it's not a perfect movie. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie. That's a huge he knows, hole. He, he, know, he knows because we know. Oh, yeah. And you're just going <laughs> to let that slide. Like, yep, I, I accept that. Yeah, of course I am. No. I'm, I'm, I'm sure if I put my mind to it, I could figure out a way. He's a he's a hacker. He might have hacked into somebody's journal. I don't know. That doesn't even make sense because they just came up with this plan like on the cuff. Like they ran out of gas and like, well, this is the best we got. They didn't have time to like log it and, and put it into a mainframe for Benicio del Toro, who's in prison to like hack it and say, oh, well, as soon as I find the new order, maybe, I'm going to tell them Maybe as they were flying by, Benicio del Toro happened to notice. It was like, oh, look, those people are escaping. Well, whatever. Yeah. So, I'll pocket that for later. Okay, so uh, we'll, uh, we're never going to agree on that. I, I thought that that was, was terrible, lazy storytelling. But my, my biggest problem is what was the whole point of sending Rose and Finn to the casino world? Uh, well, it, in every Star Wars movie, the heroes come up with a ridiculous plot that probably isn't going to work, and they follow it through until it works. Uh, that is uh, completely traditional, the only difference being that this time it didn't work. Right. Which, so, you know, plot twist. Uh, so what is the point of it? The point of it is we... Obviously the point so is... Finn, to, can, Finn can see the galaxy, have some ideas about how war affects other cultures, uh, meet this character that he trusts and doesn't trust. Um, we, get our, we get our Lando Calrissian reference with uh, Benicio del Toro. What? We got a Lando reference? Yeah, he was he was the guy who shows up and is a traitor. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's, 
loose Empire Strikes connections here. Yeah, I, I get it, right? So like all of that was put together so that Finn could have a showdown with Phasma, uh, but it, it just seemed needlessly well, not, not only not only that, but like. This is telling the story of Finn. This is his character arc. This is him learning to be and accept the role of a hero. And all of this stuff is building up towards that path. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, you could say, why did they do that if it didn't work out? But the answer to that is life's plans don't always work out. Yeah, but this, but is, this you, is you still have a character who at the end of the day is willing to now sacrifice himself by driving into a Starkiller uh, blaster gun. He wasn't there at the beginning of this film. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I, so you're right. From a real-life perspective, sometimes things get messed up and you get sent on fool's errand missions that end up nowhere. And there ultimately is no point to what you just did. But this is a Also, we got to meet that BB-9 unit who was awesome. He also had <laughs> no what? point. Like you thought you're going to have a BB-8, BB-9 showdown. showdown oh, but I, I bet there's going to be one in the third movie. <laughs> yeah. They're setting it up. But uh, uh, in a movie, things typically happen for a reason, right? Like you're you're shown uh, yeah, in, service, a, in, service, in service of the plot, in right. service of the character. Arcs. You're shown a map early in the movie, and then later on in the movie, somebody says, "I saw that on a map, and here's where it is." Oh, that's the other thing I had. Like Finn has an unlimited database of all of the New Order's uh, systems in his head, right? Like he knew they were able to get a layout of the Starkiller base from like what he was able to describe. And then he was able to give them a full ship schematic from what he had in his head. Yeah, it's a plot device. <laughs> yeah, so he's just a just a database of new order uh, uh, schematics. Uh, again, you know, it's it's see at least in Star Wars, like they had a, a device that had plans on them, and they had to load those plans into a computer in order to be like, here's the Death Star. Like we found it, it wasn't like. Han and, and Leia and Luke were like, we were there and this is what it looked like. And then they threw up a rendering of what they described, which was like I'm, a block diagram. I'm sure in the Star Wars movies, there in the in the, in the uh, original trilogy, there were also plot devices that don't necessarily make any sense except for plot device needs to work. You know, it's it's I didn't say it was a perfect film. I just enjoyed it. So the ending of the movie for me when they are on the planet and they're back against the, a wall behind the gate, the New Order is out front with all of their machinery ready to burst in. That to me was oddly familiar. Like it's something that I've seen or read in another science fiction movie book uh, or something. I can't put my finger on it. The, the closest I could come up with is it seemed to be like the last chapters of, did you ever watch Robotech? No. Well, the last few chapters of Robotech, the original series, not like the middle, not like the masters of the first series kind of was the same way where like the good guys were uh, on a planet. They were, in a base very similar to that and the bad guys had all the advanced machinery and were like pushing up against them and it also felt to me like Battlestar Galactica but like when I saw it I, I thought it was cool I was like into it but I was like boy this is like I've either imagined this scene and I've always wanted to see this scene or I've seen it, it somewhere else before did it remind you of the beginning of Empire Strikes Back at all? No. Oh, okay. Maybe it should have, but it didn't. Uh, and again, I, I liked they found like all that old tech and they're like having problems getting it working. Uh, I liked all that. That stuff was all good to me. I liked all that. Um, a lot of people on the Internet had problems with like the magical uh, uh, escape route that 
that they found. But to me, that was that was hope. Like they they're like, well, we're stuck. What are we gonna do? Well, Luke got in here, so there's got to be a way in. When we learn later on that Luke is just a force projection, but they use their hope to find their way out. Like I had no problem with with any of that in their escape. Um, so I, I've, I've talked a lot of negatives. Uh, I would like to, I have two positives listed down here. Okay. The two positives I had, I'll start with the first one. Uh, everything with Luke. He's, he's, um, he's still not a terrific actor, but yeah, I enjoy him. (laughs) I liked everything with Luke. (laughs) His hunting scene, his training scenes, his, I don't know, what else did he do? I guess his, his showdown with Kylo Ren scene. And uh, uh, even when he died, presumably, uh, I mean, there's people on the internet that are speculating, no, he's, he can't die. Like, he teleported somewhere else. Uh, I think... No, no come he, on. He, he, he died, right? But <laughs> but the wonderful thing about Star Wars... He turned into laundry, just like Obi-Wan in the yeah, first Star Wars. The wonderful thing about Star Wars and with Luke is now now Luke could, maybe, and probably will become a Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, ghost force ghost for yes he can i hope they don't do that but i still like to believe that he is one he he they but I, I don't i don't want i don't want to see it oh they, they'll they're gonna do that they'll in the third uh, movie ray's gonna be down and she's gonna be like oh i'm gonna give up i can't do this kylo's right and that's when luke's gonna show up and be like ray use the force See, I feel or is like that, this, or is that too like, much fan service? Exactly. The, the 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 first movie was the fan service movie where everybody was like, "Oh, well, that's that's the passing of the torch movie." But it wasn't the passing of the torch movie. This was the passing of the torch movie. You got the full fledged passing of the torch to the point where these characters can now we don't we don't need the original cast in these Star Wars movies anymore. We're we're ready to go. We were probably ready to go this time, but the studios weren't. Uh, and it was nice to see. And you're right. It was great to see Luke. It was. He was. It was fun. He was. It, he hit all the scenes with him were riveting. Uh, all the scenes with Ray were riveting. Um, I, I, yeah. I. 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 I, I want to see a movie without the original cast. I would have liked to have seen Carrie Fisher again. Uh, rest in peace. We're not going to get to see that. I don't know how they're going to explain that away. Probably they'll do it in a crawl. Yeah. Uh, maybe open with a funeral scene or something like that. Right. Um, but. But we're we're ready. We don't we don't need the old cast anymore. Uh, we have we have enough to tell a compelling story about our main characters. I have a crawl that I wrote that I'm going to read to you at the very end of this that I, I think fits in well with what you just said because I don't think until I saw this movie I agreed with that. Uh, I think I would have fallen more on the these movies must have the previous characters even if it's just to pass the torch even if it's just to be a background character uh but maybe i've flipped my opinion on that a little bit um the other positive uh yoda oh yeah yeah (laughs) i was like when he showed up like number one like nobody was expecting that yeah and it was and and those ears oh my god his ears have grown so much and number two they used a puppet I know. I, at first, I thought they were using CGI for the the wide shots, but the close ups were like definitely puppets. It was like, oh yeah, they're using a puppet. Oh, that's awesome. I was so happy with the the puppet, the hair and the ears, and he was. I don't know if Frank Oz came into the studio and was just like, I'm so happy you wrote this part for me, but his performance just emanated happiness. Where I, <laughs> you watch those 
prequel movies, and he doesn't sound like a happy Yoda. He's always like, oh, begin these Clone Wars have. You know, he's just not a happy Yoda. But in this, he's like, oh, the books, we don't need those. Blow those up. We don't need those. He was the Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Whereas the prequels was the Yoda from Return of the Jedi. Sure. Yeah, I guess you're right. In the Return of the Jedi, Yoda was a lot more serious. But uh, I, I loved that and when yeah. i never have to see yoda again like like why would we see at this point we should never see yoda again because yoda is luke's master luke is dead why yoda should never show up again and that's fine this is a perfect send-off for that character mm-hmm. so uh yeah the other thing the only other thing that and this is a this is a very minor thing like when they started talking about the code breaker how it's kind of like please let it be lando calrissian <laughs> please let it be lando but it wasn't and Benicio Del Toro's uh, performance and his stutter, all that was fine. I didn't care about any of that. I just, I just didn't like. This was the third role. Uh, it, it, like 2017 was brought to you by people playing roles where they just, they were played themselves, kind of. In, in, in. Did you see Blade Runner 2049? I did not. Harrison Ford's costume in that is a gray T-shirt. Oh. And he, he, yeah, I guess he's acting in that, but he, he just comes off as like. Harrison Ford in a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> did you see, I mean, it's, it's a good film. It's very long. Um, have you seen um, Thor, the, the latest Thor, Ragnarok? That movie was amazing. So you got, uh, who plays Odin? Oh, what? Uh, uh, what is that guy's name? Well, anyway, yeah. he shows up. He's just wearing his regular clothes. Yep. <laughs> he's got the Odin eye patch, but he's like, I'm not going to wear, I'm just wearing what I brought to uh, the set today. I will be playing myself. You can put this eye patch on me. I will be leaving in these clothes. I honestly think that was the whole point of Thor was for all of that Asgardian Thory stuff to just be thrown in the garbage and create a much more fun environment, which is exactly what they did with that movie. I, that movie is that that is that's the best movie I saw all year. And then you have this Star Wars movie where. Um, Benicio del Toro shows up, and I guess he's wearing a Star Wars sort of uh, uniform. But he he could have just—it just felt like Benicio del Toro was like, "Hey guys, I'm here. What do you want me to do? Just read these lines, okay? (laughs) Hey everybody, I'm in Star Wars. Cool. (laughs) Let me do this this uh, this 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 little stutter thing that I like to do. Do 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 do. All of that was fine. I didn't I didn't care about. But what I didn't like was how uh, his part didn't seem to be. It didn't seem like much time was spent writing it. I, guess. I wonder if his character is going to return and redeem himself. Although I hope not. There's no need for I, that. I forgot that he ratted out the uh, the the resistance. So there's no. I don't think he really can redeem no, himself. There's no, there's no connection, right? At least between uh, Lando and Han, there's a previous relationship that's stayed. Like this is my buddy. Oh, he turned me in. Oh, but he, right. he actually has a conscience, and he actually is a good guy. Benicio del Toro. Okay, so this is we meet Benicio del Toro because. They contact Maz. This is another problem I had. Like, I like that character. I like her. I'd like to learn more about her, as probably the rest of the internet would. But the thing that really turned me off is the scene we see is her in a, like, a hollow cast fighting in a battle for, for what, for unknown reasons. And my biggest question- She was fighting the Rancor. (laughs) Was she? No, I don't know. You don't know what she was fighting. She, but she was fighting. And the entire time, the only thing I can think about is like, who is running the camera? To capture her and project this image back to the starship. It was one of those uh, hollow projector orbs that flies around. Was it? Yeah, sure. Oh, I mean, you oh, know, okay. like, like the Death Star torture device that Darth Vader used in A New Hope. It was like one of those, but with a camera. It was following Maz around. Okay. 
I just, again, I, I it's like, why is this happening? Like, why can't you just be like, oh, man, last time I talked to you guys, you destroyed my bar. Like, go find the code breaker and leave me alone. Because they, Maz was a crucial character from the, the Force Awakens and they needed that threat and she had to have a cameo. Yeah, I'm fine I with all it. that. It was good. I was glad to see her. I was glad to see her too, but I was like, the, the her in the middle of a battle just seemed She had that one corny line where he was like, I was it was super sexual and it was like um, but she did that in The Force Awakens too so okay yeah so that's that's my list man that's I think I think we got it all so I the only nitpick that I have um, was the after after Kylo kills Snoke and the Praetorian guards attack them yeah. it just felt like uh, we haven't had a lightsaber fight yet let's do a lightsaber fight and I was I didn't think that scene was very good. I love the background. The the red backdrop was um, super cool. Um, the fighting was, it just seemed kind of mediocre. Uh, I like the fact that Kylo was clearly more skilled than Rey in fighting. That was a nice touch. Uh, Rey was kind of more just sort of brutally fighting her way out of, a, 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 you know, combatants that were better than she was. Right. Um, whereas Kylo had some skill and finesse in his fighting. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, but I, could have done without that scene. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the the Phasma Finn fight, I thought was really well done. I was I was on the edge of my seat for that one. It was I don't know. It was it was it was there was some good choreography in this movie. The Luke Kylo fight, excellent. Yep. The scene the scene where they uh, shoot uh, the they shoot the crap at Luke. Yep. <laughs> that yep. was fantastic. Yep. I liked all of that. I liked everything that that happened there. I honestly don't really remember the Finn Phasma fight, uh, and maybe that's why. I had so much to say about Phasma so early is because they made such a big deal of it. And ultimately at the end of it, I didn't care. I remember the Kylo Ray fight with those guards more so than I remember that. But I also, I would agree that it, it just seemed not shoehorned, but maybe a little longer than it needed to be, but whatever. I mean, it didn't bother me. The I can see a lot of people maybe were not hip to the whole island dark side cave scene um i liked it i thought it was i thought it was good i thought it was really cool the the way that they did the whole like uh domino effect of her getting yeah. towards the the you know where she's gonna find out who her parents are and you see a silhouette walking towards you and honestly at first i was like well that hairline it looks like it's gonna be kylo that's weird what's this gonna be and then it's her and you're like oh Okay. But she, that makes sense because she raised herself. Yeah, yeah. No, I had no problem with that at all when it was revealed to be herself. I didn't come to that same conclusion, but that makes sense. I just kind of came to the conclusion that she, uh, you know, she can't see this information or this information is not important to her or is not important to the story. Like she has to discover it. Like there's no magic mirror that's going to show her her answers is what I kind of took right. away from that whole thing. And I was fine with that. I, I like that we got to see new things of from the Force. We got to see them... Like Kylo and Ray have this connection across, uh, across, I don't know, the universe. Um, and that was something that we had sort of alluded to with Luke and Vader being able to connect to each other. Yep. It, it gives you the, it gives you the idea, especially when Leia is talking to Luke, yep. uh, that they're going to end up being brother and sister, but that was like another swerve. Yeah, I had no problem with that. How about, um, how about- I like, I like the the scene when Leia gets blown out into space and she flies back. I was at first I was like, well, that's cheesy, but then I was like, you know what? This this is awesome. 
So here's what I thought about that whole thing, right? Like the bridge blows up, all those people are sucked out, and I'm like, oh my god, Leia got sucked out. Well, I, mean, I guess she died in real life. Like, wow, is this her death scene? Like that I was thought that too. Pretty anti-climb. Like you think they would have made a bigger deal about this? And so they they moved on to a couple more scenes, and then you saw you know her do kind of her Mary Poppins entryway back into. Uh, mm-hmm. the the ship and I think it I didn't I wasn't that didn't that didn't bother me I think it, it I, I could it see works. how it it could bother a lot of people because it, it's kind of cheesy but you know these are movies that are kind of cheesy and and somebody somebody lost out in space who is force sensitive maybe not like the greatest use of the force she was running on you know adrenaline at that point yeah adrenaline and instinct so an instinct yeah that not that didn't that didn't bother me uh, at all. Plus, there's that that great scene right before when Kylo's in his ship and he can't pull the trigger because he knows his mom is on board. Right. And then somebody else blows him up. But you're, you're right then you know, oh, okay, so Kylo's still not 100% on the dark side. Right, right. Which could lead to an interesting thing. I, I guess from a storytelling perspective, Kylo's gone beyond the, the point of redeemable. Uh, but there's a potential that like couldn't, couldn't Ray and Kylo flip? Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, the world's the oyster at this point. <laughs> I guess anything could happen. The the value of that fighting scene that I didn't care for with Ray and Kylo were you see them fighting side by side and you think at the end of it like is is Ray is Kylo going to f- become a good guy now? Right. But and of course in the back he doesn't. Of, in the back of your head though you're like he can't though like we've we've seen him brutally murder so many people how could he be redeemed? He could maybe redeem himself. He could maybe even be redeemed in the eyes of Ray, but he could never go back to Darth Vader was redeemed, Jeremy. Well, he was he died though. I mean that's how movies work. It's like you, Yeah, you, yeah. You, so you, so you that could... that is how Kylo Ren can redeem himself. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. In, in that regard. But like you, you couldn't redeem him by saving him and bringing him back and saying, like, he's a he's an ally, he's on our team, because <laughs> that's just that's not how stories work. Yeah. Um, so as I have alluded to a number of times, I wrote a, a little crawl, uh, because like, as I also said at some point in here, like, I feel like these two movies could have maybe been a crawl with elements of them plucked out to create the first movie. And the first movie would have ended in my opinion, the way this movie ended with, uh, a reboot, a reset. Like we, we, maybe we see all that. Some of these characters, uh, maybe Leia's in there, maybe not. Uh, and we see the resistance being decimated down to however many people there are. And then the next two movies could be spent, you know, building the rebellion, building the resistance and building a movement against the new order while developing the relationships between Ray and Kylo. Uh, so, so, and, and so this crawl, this crawl is a summary of the seven and eight, a, but it's leading into a potential seven. Yes. Okay. It's a, it's I understand. A, it's, it's essentially a summary of seven and eight leading into a different seven that that probably has a lot of the same elements that I don't cover. Well, here, I'll just read you the crawl and, and let me know what you think. All right, so it's not perfect, right? Like, I, I spent like 15 minutes writing it. Um, and it's one paragraph too long. I looked and all of the crawls are three paragraphs. <laughs> Mine's four. I'm like, well, if I oh, more, man. more time, I could probably figure out how to work it Drop the to. last paragraph. <laughs> Ooh, but that's, that's the one you need. So anyways. Drop the first paragraph. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That kind of sets the tone. 
It's probably one of the two middle paragraphs. But anyways, here's how it goes. Uh, it is the darkest of time for the galaxy. Despite General Organa's best efforts to reorganize the New Republic, a powerful being known only as Snoke has risen out of the ashes of the Empire to establish the First Order. The First Order's Starkiller base, which draws energy from a sun, has destroyed the New Republic's capital of Coruscant, which has allowed the First Order to gain control or to control the galaxy with fear. Han Solo and Leia Organa have been hunted down and murdered by their son Kylo Ren, who is consumed by the dark side and manipulated by Snoke to seek out and destroy his former teacher, Luke Skywalker. Though Luke Skywalker is gone, hope remains in a small band of resistance fighters who have just unraveled a puzzle left behind by Luke Skywalker that could lead them to the last Jedi. And then it opens, normal starship opening, right, the starscape with a pod deployed. Inside, C-3PO and R2-D2 are preparing to find Rey. The rest of the movie is rebels on the run trying to drum up support in the name of Leia. Luke is found and becomes a beacon of hope and uh, land the first blow by destroying the Starkiller base. Oop, that's a duplicate because we already did that. And other systems begin resisting onto the next movie. That's that's kind of what I had, had put together out of what I had seen. And so if you're able to sit down and write that why are you why do you have all these questions about <laughs> the details of like it, it seems like you, you kind of want there to be less details i guess you're right like less details more ambiguity because i think you're right i think it feeds the imagination so you take what i wrote which is essentially what happened in those movies but you just say it with those few details and then you start the movie with c3po r2d2 being deployed to Jakku, all like bumbling their way into Rey, and then and then the movie essentially starts with with maybe Leia or whoever like convincing her like you are the last Jedi. My brother Luke was a powerful Jedi master, and oh, actually no, in my story Leia's dead. Anyways, <laughs> you get the point. Like I don't know somebody else uh, uh, helps helps foster that uh, Rey. You got to come help with us and fight the resistance. Putting that ambiguity and that mystery in there allows for people, I guess, to have these types of conversations to speculate, well, like, what happened in between those movies? Whereas if you show us all of this stuff and it doesn't make sense, I think that's where people get mad. And I think that's really why why people really turned on the original trilogy. Yes, they were poorly acted. Yes, they were poorly directed. And yes, they were poorly written. But there was a lot of things that were told to us in 4, 5, and 6 that were not done or ignored or done in a completely different way in one two and three and 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 that's no that's and let me qualify that uh it could never have been like george lucas could never have succeeded with one two and three because there was just too much but because because that's the past and people have been thinking about that past for for decades upon decades but moving forward um i think you can be successful as long as you kind of adhere to some rules and and keep your story uh, making sense because you're paving the way into uncharted ter- territory. Like nobody knows the future. You're telling the future now. Yeah, and I th- and I think that's that's still true. I mean, with what we have, um, I, I, I the way that I the way that I view Star Wars movies, I have since since I was a little boy is I I don't really. Like I like reading about all of the the side stuff and all of the speculations and all the all that all, all the all the uh, the novelizations and the backstories and all that stuff, but uh, I don't really care about the details. The details are there to add substance to the world, but they don't need to be for me that cohesive. All I really care about is the story that's being told. Um, 
And I and I think that this movie, uh, like The Force Awakens and like the first three uh, movies, not not the prequels but the sequels are um are just the the stories are well conceived and they're fun and they're good to follow uh they're 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 enjoyable and i i feel like this one was also of that ilk i think maybe you've you've helped me hit the nail on the head of why i liked the original trilogy and it's due to the vagueness of of the surrounding details and those movies really focused on what was happening in those moments and not Mm -hmm. worried about like whenever they needed to refer to the past it was some vague comment about the past uh and really i was trying to to imagine an exercise where a movie that like the force awakens comes out and it doesn't have six movies before it um and you it would be a really weird story because we don't know who Han Solo is, but suddenly he's there and we're like, who's this old guy with this ship? And he's why, why is he connected to this story and what is his deal? And, you know, it, apart from all the other stories, it's still very compelling. It, it's like a different story that you've never really seen before. It's added to because we know all of the Star Wars stuff, but sometimes it's best to drop that burden behind. I mean, that's what the whole this movie was about. It was about killing the old to make way for the new. And sometimes you just got to let go of these things that are keeping you from seeing what's right in front of you, which is goodness, light. You know, and I think maybe that's why the last or the Force Awakens hinders to a certain degree that success from this movie because the new trilogy is started off on this fan service note and then this is the movie that rocks the boat yeah maybe and so people coming into this movie are expecting maybe not maybe are for better or for worse expecting some fan service uh yeah and and they got it they there was so much fan service in this movie we got luke we got yoda but it, it wasn't enough they wanted uh like like everybody wants this to be the empire strikes back somehow yeah and and you know what everybody wants there to be a twist and everybody was waiting for that twist and the twist was the anti twist nobody predicted that ray's parents were nobodies there was not a single theory about that nobody once thought that and that is the modern twist on the old classic well, like nobody could have possibly predicted it. It was the anti-twist. It was perfect. I wonder if when Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams were putting this together, they Googled all the fan theories and they're like, well, what hasn't been theorized? <laughs> I know. Parents are nobody. Um, here- that's that's I mean, they probably didn't even have to because it was just like, what is something that nobody's going to think of? Yeah. Well, that her parents were nobodies. Yeah. I it's spo- great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had uh, my last my last problem that that will I'll close out on anyways. My, this will be my last, and then I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. If Luke wanted to go somewhere to die, as he says, right, because he being a big mistake with Kylo, and he says, "I I came here to die." Why were there two map pieces to him? One of which was stored in R two D two. Because he he. <laughs> Because he's a complicated guy. He didn't come out there to die. He came out there to live his life to its end, its natural end. But, you know, he's a human being. And I think uh, the character wanted to always have that possibility of connection to those people from the, you know, his family from the prior films. And I, I don't think he really gave up as much as he thought he did. 
which I think was the point of Yoda showing up, which is to say, like, your perspective is wrong. Yeah. And that's know. okay. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I guess I still have a problem with that whole treasure map thing. It's it's a plot device. I just I just think that, you know, 10 more minutes in that writer's room, they'd have been able to come up with something better. <laughs> it was the type of thing where they had they finished the first one without really thinking about the second one. And then they the second one they had to write and you know they wanted to go in a particular direction and they I think they went in the best direction um, but maybe maybe I'm the only one who thinks that <laughs> no I mean the movie it is you know all the critics loved it uh, it seems to be the fans did were not so much a fan of it from what I've seen what um, I like about it is that it it opened it feels like it has opened up Star Wars to tell more interesting stories again though my and maybe this is just an expectation that i just shouldn't have right is that there's going to be trilogies like every time they do a story it's going to be a trilogy well like what i said earlier maybe this isn't a trilogy because i'm pretty sure disney's gone on record to say it's like we're going to make saga movies every two years for the rest until it's not profitable anymore so maybe there is not a seven, eight, nine arc. Maybe it is. That was episode seven. This is episode eight. Episode nine's coming and then 10 and then 11. And we'll see resolution more or less through characters through those films, but you won't see like the end of a trilogy and then the beginning of another trilogy. It'll just keep going. I don't know. Does anybody know what kind of contracts uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega signed? No idea, but most of that probably doesn't matter. Like if they only have three film contracts and they don't want to come back, they can easily be written out uh, with with new Jedis or new whatever's found and put in their place. Yeah. Right. So I guess maybe that that in some regards takes away some of the importance to the movies, right? Like if they're just going to keep making them and well, again, you're speculating. I am speculating. I am happen. So. Well, it is it, it is quite possible that they will after episode nine close off the this particular saga, and they will start a new saga, and it will start with episode one or you know some something different. Maybe they'll start with episode five this time. Who knows? I doubt they it. can do whatever they want, and we don't know what they're going to do. The stories could have more adventures of Ray and Poe and Finn, but maybe they won't. I don't know. It's it's interesting that I, I just feel like this particular movie went in a direction that makes me very excited about the future. Whereas uh, with with like the Marvel movies, I feel like I know what I'm getting into every single time. Um, whereas I'm very at the end of this movie, I'm very excited for episode nine because I don't know what it's going to be. It's got to somehow wrap up this whole story, which feels like it's kind of already been wrapped up, but there's still a lot of story to tell. So I don't know, maybe and, and then maybe you're right. Maybe they're not going to wrap it up. Maybe they're going to can keep this going indefinitely, which, you know. They 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 seem like they're having a plan for that in, in the Marvel universe, which is they're starting to introduce new people to replace the old people. Right, right. Which is cool. I like. I, I mean, I it's hard to not do some comparisons between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Star Wars because they're episodic universe building series, and for the most part, Marvel just keeps like hitting I don't know home runs almost every time. Uh, yeah. And uh, their story continuity, I don't know I don't know how they're doing it, but their story continuity doesn't seem to get jumbled, uh, which is kind of my stumbling points for these Star Wars films is like I, I just keep hitting story points. I'm like, well, that just doesn't make sense. Like, and if it, it doesn't 
like you say, they can be fun. They they don't need to make sense. But then why even put that in there? Why put this little piece in there when you know that your fanboys are just going to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. And they're going to pick it apart when you could have done something else. You, you could have started a new topic or, or a because, new... Because... When it comes down to it, it doesn't matter what the fanboys think because the fanboys are the ones who are going to go see the movies no matter what. Well, that's true. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. You're right. They're telling the story that they want to tell that keeps it interesting to – to filmmaking, to filmmakers and the filmmaking community, they're they're keeping an audience interested. They want they don't just want the Star Wars audience that they already have. They want to build a bigger audience, um, and we'll see if they actually succeed in that. Uh, but it, personally, I have zero interest in any of the non saga films. <laughs> but does this I, this movie, in some regards, felt like a non saga movie to me? It, I, I've I've kind of waffled on that. I, I, I feel like it is. It feels very Star Wars tonally to me, and it also doesn't. And I I haven't made my mind up on that. Sure, part part of me part of me also is kind of disappointed at how much they did mirror empire strikes back right because of how much they mirrored a new hope in the previous one but time will tell um i'm I'm definitely going to go see it a couple more times in the theater so i will probably be watching it excitedly waiting for the new one to come out yeah everybody Uh, got an arc jeremy that's all that matters uh, yeah i know but i feel like some of those arcs could have been written uh, a little bit more oh, tightly. They're very simplistic arcs, but it, that's, 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 you know, Not storytelling, even, uh, the I'm, fact that they have arcs is amazing. It's just like, you get an arc, and you get an arc, and you get an arc. I'm not even... Poe has an arc, and Finn has an arc, and Rose has a minor arc, and Ray has an arc, and Kylo has an arc, and that's all we really care about. I... Oh, and Luke. Luke Luke gets a pretty big arc. I felt like it was arc by numbers, right? Like mm, not I, some of them, yes. I don't think uh I mean obviously it's important for your main characters to have an arc, but I don't think everybody needs to have an arc. Uh and some of these arcs were just so obvious that when you saw it, you're like, Oh, okay, I, I see what's happening here. Uh especially with Poe. Like he was so you didn't get that from the first movie. You just got that he was like an ace pilot who wasn't afraid of anything. This movie he's like a recluse. Like He's sending people into, like, death. Like, all of those bombers died because of his ego. And and I didn't really pick that up from the first movie. But you knew, based on that and the conversation that Leia had with him, like, oh, at some point, like, it's all going to fold around and he's going to have to be the leader that makes the hard decisions. And he never he never actually got to that point. Oh, he they left does. they left they left the idea that that's where he will be in the next uh, movie. No, he does. He never becomes the leader, but as Finn is flying into the middle of the pounder machine, it's Poe that's like, "No, it's not worth it. You have to pull up." Whereas at the beginning of the movie been like, "Yes, all of you fly into the middle of that thing. We're going to take it out." <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose in the in the cave, he is the one who says, "No, we can find a way out. We can escape." Right. He becomes so, the leader, not maybe in rank, but all of a sudden, his character has gone through his arc to cause him to grow. And it was so like hit you over the head with his arc that you're like, "Yep." Of that's okay, though. Why is it so bad that a arc is 
hit you over the head. Because Sometimes everybody it's, it's, had that arc. Because Finn's arc was that he was going to run away again. And then at the end of the movie, he was not going to run away. In fact, he was going to sacrifice his life until he Rose came because, in and saved him. Because, because he was a hero. Yeah. But it was so... And he, he, he did not believe in himself. And then at the end of the movie, he finally believes in himself. And that is, that is his arc. Arcs are very simple things. Poe was a recluse who turned into a leader through not understanding how things work and finally learning what true sacrifice is. Yeah, but it was um, just clubbing but, us and, and, over and, the and, head with that, though. It wasn't subtle at all. These are movies for, like, millions of people. These they, the, the arcs can't be subtle. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> well, they, they were. They, there could have been a little bit, like... Again, the, you can have different flavors. Like maybe Poe gets the obvious character arc, whereas Finn gets a far more subtle arc. Well, I think I Rilo, Rilo, uh, Rilo, uh, Rilo, Kylie, uh, <laughs> Kylo, and Ray get the more subtle arcs. Yeah, and and Luke gets probably the the most interesting arc. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. It was it was a well written script. I felt like it all added up. It all it all worked itself out. It moved around a lot. It was tonally kind of weird sometimes. You know what's um, you know what's interesting uh, is Ryan Johnson. He also did uh, Looper. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, I didn't care for Looper. No, oh, I liked it, but many of the story elements that I had a problem with in that movie, I I are similar in this movie. I get. I think it's more of how he writes things. Yeah, uh, that could be. In fact, I've even heard some interviews where, you know, he's been asked, like, you know, you didn't cover, the, like, Looper, there's time travel and stuff. And like, you didn't cover this part of the time travel. He's like, yeah, I didn't care. I didn't think it was important. I wanted to get to the to the main stuff. So he probably wrote the Star Wars the same way, where there was some things that maybe some of us would, like, wanted more detail. He's like, nope, didn't have time for that. Had to move on to, you know, well, whatever, the I, other thing. I speculate based on what we got that he was really focused on serving the characters, the the, the main characters that are moving the plot forward. And that's why we end up with Snoke being nothing more than uh, something as part of Kylo's story. Um, yeah, but see, that's a... Uh, I never really got the feeling that he felt that way in the first movie. I got the feeling that in the first this, this movie... Is, you're, you're buying in to the... To the uh, to the to the fandom at this point, no. what you're what you're what you're saying is that you thought that it was going to go in a different direction and it didn't, so you don't like it. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I never got a hint anywhere in the movie that he would turn on Snoke, and obviously that was probably for the surprise effect, and it was very surprising. Well, actually, you, you saw it happening a mile away, right? As it was yeah. happening, you're like, "Oh, this is what's going to happen." That's that's weird. Um, but I felt it was very clear from the beginning that he was not. He doesn't seem like he's comfortable with Snoke. Hmm. I mean, that's that was. I, I I feel like I even felt that in the first movie. I but, I didn't really get that. I felt like he was in the first movie. I felt like he was completely loyal to uh, Snoke. He may have been a little. Uh, um, uh, um, he was definitely um, not confident in his abilities because there's definitely a scene between him and General Hux where he doesn't have his mask on. He's like, oh, jeez, I don't have – oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> right? Like where he's just not mature enough to, to handle the situation. So I felt more than anything that he wanted to show himself and prove himself and be the big, strong Darth Vader-y type leader. And he isn't and he wasn't. And that's fine. Uh 
also that I guess that's one thing that we did gloss over. He takes it like Snoke's like take that stupid thing off, and and he does. He takes it off and he crushes it. We never see the helmet again. Uh, I thought that was a staple from the first movie, and I honestly wasn't sad to see it go. I was like, that's 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 an interesting choice to make. Mm-hmm. And I'm well, it it goes along with a lot of the choices. I mean, the choices the choices in this film were very deliberately a one direction. Like they they were constantly swerving against your expectations. Right. And 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 the theme is, and I I really do believe that the theme was let go of the original trilogy, people. Okay, yeah, totally. I can I can agree with that. Uh, and I I I I'm okay with that. I guess it's the it's the details, it's the finer details where where I I always uh, I guess stumble. Yeah, and and I guess I've always viewed like like there are movies where the finer details will bug me uh star wars has never been one of them it's always like it it is it is just what it ends up being like i've I've always enjoyed watching star wars movies unfold and then studying them for what they are and not not what they could be but but why did they make the choices they made and i love like the history of the, the 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 filmmaking choices and all of this stuff and Going right back to the first one, I I don't know. Hmm. Even, even the prequels are interesting from a certain perspective, not necessarily from... Wait, 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 wait. A certain perspective? <laughs> That's a line from Star Wars. I, I know. Okay. He says a certain point of view. Whatever. Close enough. Same deal. <laughs> um, less, they're more interesting from a filmmaking perspective than from what they actually did. The, the stories themselves, I feel like, are compelling stories, but... George Lucas just was too interested in something else that nobody else was apparently. <laughs> but that doesn't make them any less interesting. It just makes them less watchable. I think – I wonder if it would be possible at some point to go back and watch uh, episodes four, five, and six and try to keep the fanboy down and see what you could do to pick it all apart or if you could pick it all apart or – Maybe me, since you probably would be focused more on the tonal shift. Because I've watched those movies many times. Uh, I and, and Star Wars, every time I watch it, I find one more thing where I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> episode four. But I mean, overall, of course, it's fantastic. Love that movie, whatever. Uh, but but I do do find little little pieces where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But I feel like, maybe this is rose-colored glasses, but I feel like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like despite what you think about Ewoks, like I don't think there's like nitpicky moments in either of those movies. Not saying that they're perfect movies, but I don't think I get to the level of 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 picking them apart as I have with these other movies. They are very compelling, but I could argue that in the same way that you argue that Force Awakens and um, a new uh, Last Jedi are should be one movie, you could make that same argument that Empire and Return of the Jedi could be one movie. And I say that because what actually happens in Empire Strikes Back? Yoda or Luke goes through his transition from being just a farm boy into the beginnings of a Jedi. He meets his father. Uh, that's about it. And Han and Leia go on a space. They get chased through space. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. It's it's very it's a very simple concept film that fills two hours. It's absolutely riveting, but not a whole lot happens. And maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem that i have with force awakens and not so much force awakens but last jedi is there's just too much happening in that two hour time span two and a half hour that maybe if a couple of arcs were trimmed or just just 
thrown away. You could have, or maybe that time is gone. Maybe audiences just don't have the patience to sit and watch essentially a very slow two-hour space chase. Well, I think they, I think they do because the the slow, the slowest parts of Empire were the the training, yep. the the training with Yoda and and Luke, and I think the slowest parts of the Last Jedi were the training of. Luke and Ray. Yeah, but I bet you, and I haven't done this, but I bet you if you do time for time, I bet you there's three times as much time on uh, Dagobah that, than there is that island of training. That certainly feels like it. I, that would be, that would be interesting to know that. Because I did not. I mean, there was some training scenes, uh, but I do not. I don't know. They, they may have been slower because every other scene was jam-packed with like flying or fighting or lightsabers or gun duels or whatever. And those were very nature and getting in touch with yourself. But I didn't find there to be a lot like like in Empire Strikes Back. And I'm not complaining about Empire Strikes Back's training scenes. Now, now, what are the stories of The Last Jedi? Like what is happening in that? And, and, and keep it as as overall as possible. Don't get into like what are the what are the bulk of the stories without? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Ray trying to convince Luke to come back to the resistance to be a beacon of hope leia leading the resistance away from the first order uh that's pretty much it yeah uh well there's an arc with kylo like kylo well, I, well he doesn't yeah what does he do he doesn't darth he really vader doesn't do he, he pretty much doesn't do anything in this movie darth vader was at least after luke for some reason which we didn't know until Return of the Jedi, when we then we found out what his obsession was. In this movie, then maybe that's another issue I have, is that Kylo, the bad guys, did, other than like stamping out the Resistance, didn't seem to have any other motivation. Well, that is their motivation. Yeah, but there was more to it, I guess, in Empires. Like, not only did they want to destroy the Rebel uh, Alliance... Well, Vader, had a, Vader had a personal... Vader was obsessed with finding Luke Skywalker. Well, I think I think Snoke is also somewhat obsessed with finding Luke Skywalker as well. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't but know. but yeah, I mean, but, I don't know. But there's a yeah, but uh, and a lot know. of the a lot of the story arcs are kind of diversions that take you away from the main story and bring you back to the main story. But they all they all service the main story. They all thematically, I feel like this. This film was very strong. It didn't waver from its theme of 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 perseverance and and moving from the way that you think things are to the way that they actually are. Sure. I thought it was terrific. <laughs> uh I I need I will see it again. Um I didn't like it as much, I guess, uh on my first viewing as I did Force Awakens. But that being said, I didn't I didn't hate it. Uh, I think it's a stronger film than Force Awakens. I think it might be a better film than Force Awakens. I'm not. I'm not going to say that because I'm not 100 percent sure on that yet. Um, I think in the same way that I will always like A New Hope more than Empire Strikes Back, even though Empire Strikes Back is clearly the better film. I don't know. I will. I, I will probably always prefer Force Awakens. I was thinking about that today. I was like, you know. I think Return of the Jedi might be the best of all three of those movies. I went through that phase. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. For a long time, I was I was thinking that that was the best one. But that one is not consistent. The parts of it that are really good are really good. And then there's a lot of stuff going on around those things that are not really good. <laughs> 
So it, it's it's the parts that are great are great. It's just not as consistent. Whereas whereas Empire is consistent. It is a perfect flow. Hmm. And then Star Wars is just Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Star Wars is good, but it's got a lot of flaws. Um, Empire and Jedi, I would say, are probably better than both. Or are both probably better than that one. But you don't yeah. get those two without Star Wars. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, th- that being said, I'm going to say something that might 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 make you cry a little bit. But my first reaction to this movie is that I enjoyed... How do I put this? How do I phrase this? <laughs> I left the theater from Rogue One more positively than I did leaving the theater with this movie. Well, you know, that's okay. <laughs> you You really liked Rogue One. I thought it was good. I, now, now I, I think I, I've already said this, right? Did like, not. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't reach cult status. Like it was good for what it was at the time that it was. But if I was to lay out all the movies, and I already said this, like if I was going to do a marathon, like I would probably omit that because it's just it's it's unnecessary. Uh, it had neat things in it and it was f- fun to watch. Uh, but I look at this movie as as a saga. I don't know. I guess it, yeah. It really does depend on how the next movie plays out. Maybe. Maybe this does become the bridge between the old versus the new. Maybe that's what you got to look at it. Maybe, maybe on that side of the bridge you have Force Awakens, which is everything that you're familiar with, and this is the bridge which is taking you into unfamiliar territory. And then the next movie finishes that with being completely different, uh, opening up the Star Wars universe to do whatever the hell it wants because we've we've now bridged the old to the new. Maybe that's what it is. And if that's maybe. it, maybe, maybe, maybe in 10 years we have the same conversation uh, and I'd be like, I was so wrong. Like <laughs> you watch all three of them together and it makes sense. It all works. It's so perfect. And it could just as easily go the other way where I'm just like, wow, they really didn't know where they were going. And it turns out that I can't even watch this trilogy anymore. I don't, I don't think I'll be like that, but you know, it might be the sort of thing where you watch one through six and then you watch Seven through nine is sort of a separate beast altogether. I work with a woman who is like the A number one super fan of Star Wars. Like she just lives and breathes Star Wars. She couldn't stop talking about how much she hated this movie. <laughs> it's it's uh, something about being a fan of Star Wars really makes people not like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow because – you take this movie, you you rework the characters a little bit, and you put a different title on it, and I think it's a great movie, right? But I think it's just because it has the Star Wars baggage, I think there's just so many expectations uh, and so much lore that if you don't service that, you're going to get that feedback from your fans. But as you say, it doesn't matter because the fans are always going to go no matter what. I feel like in two years we'll really we'll really know yeah i would agree and i don't get me wrong i will watch this movie five more times before the next movie comes out right me too so i mean maybe i've only seen it once maybe and i had to pee for 45 minutes of it like really bad like like coffee and stuff so maybe (laughs) you know i i go in with a little less coffee in my system and can sit through the whole movie without having to go to the bathroom maybe then i'm like oh yeah without the pain of my bladder this movie works or maybe it won't feel as intense, and you'll be like, yeah. "Oh, all that intensity in the end is gone." It could be this movie. This movie's so laid back, man. <laughs> it could be. So, anyways, yeah, there you go. Uh, I think that's that's initial impressions of Star Wars, uh, and and nobody cares about Dark Phoenix. I, I, my my last nitpick. I did. I hate the title of the Last Jedi. Stupid title. Stupid title. 
Do you think they called it Last Jedi just to throw people off? Because Luke at the very end is like, everything you just said was wrong. And one of those was that that is not the Last Jedi, or I'm not the Last well, Jedi, or whatever. No, I, I, I think Luke was the Last Jedi, and now Rey is the Last Jedi. And yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a literal title, but it's still a stupid title. I, I hate I hate movies that are the last anything. Mm. Actually, that's not true. I do like the last Starfighter. Didn't you make a movie that had the last in it? Yeah, the last Chinese checkers movie. Yeah. Do you hate? I that? did that on purpose because I was like, movies that have the last in it are always terrible. Oh. <laughs> so I'm gonna call my movie the last Chinese checkers movie. Oh, interesting. There you go, everybody. There you go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Two plus hours of Star Wars talk. Has it been that long? I don't even, I'm not even paying attention. It has been. So until next time, my name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. The Star Wars is closed. I mean, the danger room is closed. 